means there's a significant amount of explosive in the trash receptacle next to it. Try to run, and it goes up now. Yeah, nobody's going to run, but I got a hundred people out here. That's the point. Now, do I have your attention? As I was going to St. Ives, I met a man with seven wives. Every wife had seven sacks, every sack has seven cats. Every cat has seven kittens, kittens, cats, sacks, and wives. How many were going to St. Ives? My phone number is 555. No, 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 wait, I didn't get all that. Say it again. Not a chance. My phone number is 555 and the answer. Call me in 30 seconds or die. Okay, then. You just witnessed the becoming of Simon Gruber. The the older brother of Hans Gruber, the best, greatest villain of all time. Welcome to the Bad Guys Podcast of Movie Villain Podcast. You're joined with Bertie and Tom. Where are you at, Tom? Welcome to the Bad Guys. It's a new day. It's a new day. We're, all we're going to talk about is the greatest movie villains of all time. Iconic. Iconic. Iconic movie villains. And we're joined today... With our boy, Jacob Burt, movie villain expert. Hey, what's good? Self-proclaimed. Uh, Self-proclaimed movie villain expert. That's uh, the number one thing I say when I introduce myself to people. It's number one on his resume. Yeah. At the top. So, we picked, we picked, we picked Simon Gruber because he's kind of like, he's the older brother, but he's kind of the little brother. Well, let's back up. Let's back up. Let's explain to them what this podcast is all about. This is yeah. a movie villain podcast. Yep. What does that mean? Burry. Alright, so this podcast is going to delve deep into what truly makes a good villain, right? And we're mostly going to look at good, bad villains. So, the best villains that get away with shit or don't get away with shit. We're not going to look at the Joker. We're going to look at guys like Simon Gruber or whoever the bad guy was in Passenger 57 that Wesley Snipes told he always bets on black. Or whoever... Is taking uh, everyone and taking yeah those kind of guys you know the B listers look we're out here for the B listers it's the A list B listers though yeah. it's the ones that yes y- y- you're watching and you're like who is this guy yeah but at the same time you're not gonna talk about him next week yeah <laughs> you're only that's talking about him during the movie that's what we're doing so if you haven't guessed yet we're doing Die Hard three. Die Hard with the Vengeance. Yes. All right? Yes. All right? <laughs> Jacob fucking dying right now. <laughs> I didn't know that you guys were going to do B-list. The A-list of the B-list. It's yeah. the A-list of the B-list. I just yeah. came up with that right there. But <laughs> if, you're doing, if you're doing actual movie villains, you got to do like the Joker. You got to do like Sauron from like Lord of the Rings. And those guys aren't fun. And maybe, well, you know, maybe we'll reference them. Yeah. But we're not going to focus on them because everyone has their own opinions on them already. Yeah. You so... Know? Basically, how this is gonna work is we're gonna we're gonna first do an overview of the movie Die Hard three, Nick, little nitpicking, little what we thought of it overall. Then we're gonna delve into the actual villain Simon Groover. What is what's his special like shtick? What's his motives? What his motives what are? What gets him up in the morning? His body count, his flaws, and his master plan because there are a couple. Yes. All right, uh, and his swag, his yeah. idiosyncrasies. Yeah, pretty much. And then, uh, and then we're gonna all bring it back with the grading, our grading system. Tom, why don't you tell them our grading system? All right. So obviously we went with si- uh, Simon Gruber because the greatest movie villain of all time, in our opinion, is Hans Gruber Preach. from Die Hard One. Preach. So every villain that we discuss in each episode of the Bad Guys podcast will be rated on a scale from one to five Hans Gruber. Yep. Can you think of a better scale than that for movie villains? No. That's Jacob. Wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah. Cannot. Right. Okay. So. All right. So, starting off, Die Hard 3. Die Hard with the Vengeance. Let's talk about right. the Vengeance. Yeah. So, if you guys don't know yet, this is the sequel to Die Hard. <laughs> and so, Bruce Willis is in this. He's John McClane. The new guy in it is Samuel L. Jackson. He has a sidekick now. Which, let's just, like, let's reflect on the fact that Samuel L. Jackson takes this movie from something that you would never, like, even bother going to see. Yep. To a, to a must-see. An event. It's, a, it's, an, an, event. Ev- it's an event now. It's a tentpole. Yeah. That's what this is. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was the top-selling movie of that year, wasn't it? Was uh, no, I think it was, like, fourth or fifth. No, look that up. Look I will look it up. It was a top it international. Might have, it might have got beaten, but I know on its opening weekend, it set the record for the year. So it came out in 1995. Yep. So top movies in 1995. Let's see. So while he's looking at that, while he's looking at that, 
So, the main villain who we're going to be talking about is Simon Gruber, Hans Gruber's older brother. He is played by Jeremy Irons, who's iconic in this role. Kills it. And then the rest of these guys are pretty much 90s, 90s cop guys and villains. No one knows who these guys are. Um, I will say, though, that one of the kids in the beginning, I didn't realize this the first time I watched this, but one of the kids in the beginning is Aldous Hodge, who is MC Ren in Straight Outta Compton, the movie. And he is in Friday Night Lights as uh, Voodoo Tatum. <laughs> so for all of you big uh Straight Outta Compton Friday Night Lights fans out there. Yeah. For you specific niche of people <laughs> who are very big fans of those two no, particular I, things. And Leverage. <laughs> Barry just wanted to let you know that you have something to look forward to in yeah. Die Hard 3. And Leverage, you didn't widen the group. You just didn't know. <laughs> hey, I'm a huge Leverage guy. Alright, right? jump back to 1995 real quick. The All top right, movie, the top grossing movie of 1995 was Toy Story. Yep. Okay. okay. Um, and then... Die Hard with a Vengeance actually came in number 10 with a total gross of 100,000, $100,000,000,000. But it did, it killed it worldwide. That's what he was talking about. Okay, okay. Worldwide, yeah. he killed it. Um, so, Bruce Willis is the hero. It actually beat Braveheart. Yeah. Braveheart came in 18. Wow, that's crazy. Anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, Bruce Willis is the hero. Jeremy Irons is the main villain. He has two sidekicks. All right, some chick named Katya. She can we just talk about how she has no speaking parts? She has zero lines. No speaking parts. The only thing she does is when she's having sex at the end of the movie, and Bruce Willis <laughs> shoots at. I mean, hits her up on the on the megaphone. She turns around and screams, and then says, "Ah!" and then yeah. shoots at Bruce Willis. That's the well, only. No, 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 no. She doesn't shoot at anything. She shoots at a, at a helicopter that's about 100 yards away yep. in the sky, and that's, she's in a building. That's the only sound she makes the entire movie. I, she, uh, no, she makes sounds, too. There's a scene midway through where she stabs someone violently, and I think she yeah. makes some sounds during that, but they're not words. She's a crazy chick. She's like the crazy blonde. That's, that's kind of a, a theme with the villains that we're talking about. Their girlfriend is always way more terrifying than they are, yep. but... In a way that, that's like, they don't really have a real character, you know? It's just they are there to be scary. Yep. They don't have lines. It's just, One dimensional. It's a hot foreign chick. One dimensional. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, they're always foreign. And then, and then the, other, the other guy is a scientist who does no science in this entire movie, I might add. Zero science. He's, he's a pay-for-hire nuclear bomb, bomb. He's a terrorist for hire. Mm-hmm. Scientist terrorist for hire who's about 7'3. Yeah, he's huge. He is goddamn huge. Which is also another theme with these sidekicks that we see. They're yeah. always enormous. Doesn't smile the entire movie. He's a mad dude. Yeah. Um, so. Do you know that actor's name? Yeah. Who do you want? The, the, the seven foot tall dude. I want to know. Nick Wyman. Nick Wyman. Anything else that. Oh, do some research, bro. And anything notable that he's been in? Nick Wyman? Alright, so you've seen this movie, Jacob. Yeah. What were your impressions if uh, of like the, the you know the story? Yeah, I know the general arc. So it starts off, you know, Bruce Willis for some reasons he's hung over the, in the entire day. These guys bomb some schools. Just, no, he bomb they bomb a department store in the morning. Which let's just talk about that scene. Let's start there. This movie came out before CGI. Yeah. Was a was a thing. Yep. So that opening scene is crazy because yep. that explosion is a legit explosion, and an armored car just flies across the street in the air. I mean, that's pretty impressive that they pulled that off in New York City. Yeah, and and uh, so some guy calls in. He says his name is Simon, and he wants to play Simon Says, which is perfect. Perfect. So you already have a villain that likes to play games, which honestly, that's like the number one thing. If you're a villain, you like to play games, you get in the check mark. You already that's one Hans Gruber out of five all automatically. All right. And so his first his first task is Bruce Willis has to go up to Harlem, wearing a I hate niggers sign. Right. Yeah. And Na- then, naked. Otherwise. Yeah. Otherwise naked. And na- yeah, na- only wearing underwear underneath. Right. And. In the edited version, in the four kids DVD TV version, it says "I hate everybody" instead. But uh, yeah. Wow, I did not know that. That doesn't get that doesn't get you riled up though. But 
are you talking to me specifically? No, it doesn't get me riled up or it doesn't get people riled that's up? That's pretty funny though. Like you just see some Bruce Willis looking guy walking down Harlem and he's just wearing a sign that says, I hate everyone. And then you see the other guys on the sidewalk, like a group of four gangsters and they see yeah. that guy and they get pissed about it. Yeah, that'd it's be so confusing. First off, can we just talk about how uh, hey, it's about like, hates everybody. Hates everybody. It's, it's about like that guy. 12 black guys that were st- sitting on a stoop. One of them is a professional knife thrower. What are the odds in America that one of those black guys that are sitting on the stoop is just a professional knife thrower? Well, I mean, that's one of those things. If you just if you're hanging out on stoops all day, you got a lot of time to practice knife throwing. Is that a thing? I I would imagine. I mean, how else did he get that good at it? Yeah, rap wasn't his thing. Basketball wasn't thing. Yeah, he what had a knife, and that's what he had. And he just was like, I'm gonna throw this till I get good. But uh, yeah, so that at that point. So that's when Zeus saves him. We Samuel meet Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson, a.k.a. Zeus. Zeus. Zeus, the guy who's going to put lightning up your butt or whatever yeah, the line that, was that in was the movie. Right. Yeah. Let's just say the screenplay is not this movie's forte. No, I'm, while while immensely entertaining, the dialogue, the dialogue is not its best. <laughs> it's not its feature. best. No. They say stuff that makes no sense. Um, when you start off the other cop that he's with, Seems like he really fucking hates John McClane for some reason. Because every time they mention it, this dude is just ripping on him. And he says stuff like, well, he's the, the boss goes, yeah, well, we need to find John McClane. Someone get to him. And then some dude just pokes his head out in the scene and says, well, you're not going to find him in church. What does that have anything to do with anything? It's not Sunday. It's Why would he be in church? It's just one of those things. Like they needed that hard old line, and they were like, "What can he say that's gonna bother some people?" It's, you know, you know, in, like fantasy movies and stuff. Like the king laughs at something that's not funny, and all yeah. the subjects feel like compelled to. Yeah. Laugh. Do you think that's what all the guys work in the movie did when they did director? It was like this is what a line we're gonna. Yeah, like, yeah I think because so. the jokes are kind of like someone, someone. uh Someone steals 14 dump trucks early on in the movie. It's kind of like a foreshadowing moment. Yeah. And then someone makes one good joke where it's like, oh, what are they starting? A construction company? That, I could see some cops saying some shit like that. Like, oh, what are you doing? Starting a construction company? Yeah. And then this fucking guy, Joe, again, (laughs) trying to shit on Bruce Willis's character, goes, nah, it's going to his landlady so he can clean John's apartment. (laughs) Come on, man. I like that one better. (laughs) That was a good joke. What are you shitting on this dude? He's hungover. He's about to go die. But speaking of which... There's, there's two themes that just carry through the entire movie, and one is carried by John McClane, and the other one is carried by Zeus. John McClane is bothered by his hangover. And aspirin. From, from minute one to the last minute of the movie, John McClane is, is just complaining the entire time about yeah, his hangover. His perpetual hangover doesn't take medicine until the final scene, though. To... Oh, he, he's popping aspirin. Oh, yeah, he does. He, for, first of all, he chews aspirin. Yeah, like a, like a maniac. Look, yeah. we've, we've been through this before. If you chew your medicine, you're a maniac. No, yeah, you can't chew medicine. All right, but to, but to, to, your to counterbalance that theme. No, it does. It does? Yeah, you want to sidetrack this story? No, okay. <laughs> do not. As much as John McClane complains about his hangover, <laughs> Zeus just tries to make every single element of the movie about race. Yeah. It's very racially charged. And and, and this is a racially charged movie. It's, it's, it's which wait, bringing it back to the times. It's a very, very racially charged it's time current. right now. It's current. That that puts this movie right right in there. It's current situation. Honestly, so this movie came out right after Rodney King. Right. So that's why every like '90s movie around this time had to like address race. Yeah, and it was one of the first movies. <laughs> Even to come if out, you were an action movie, yeah. you had to like address race. So but that's why it was one of the first movies to come out and and uh, address what they considered reverse racism where yeah. the black guy was just trying to put accused of being racist right oh, he was accusing every white person of being racist when John McClane was just like hanging out and being hung over the whole day apparently but anyway back to uh, back to the story he's about to get stabbed by the black dudes on the stoop Zeus saves him and that and just unites them for, for the rest some of the goddamn movie. reason yeah. first of all let's talk about how this dude has eyes on everything for some reason. Eyes on Simon can see what they're doing 
until he doesn't need to see what they're doing. But he himself is not seen until about 45 minutes yeah, into the movie. Yeah, he's not seen until close to like an it, hour in. It's entirely phone conversations. So let's talk about, let's talk about, so his shtick, we're, we're moving on to the villain here, right? His shtick, Simon Gruber, is that he plays Simon Says, and he has a lot of riddles, right? Mm-hmm. But to be honest, his riddles, I'm going to say this, his riddles are dog shit. Well, he opens with Simple Simon the Pie Man, where are my pies? Yeah. Which is a great opener. I mean, I, and then he my says, attention is caught immediately. No, but then he finishes off with, give me your pies or I'll cave your head in. Yes. <laughs> Which, that's not a riddle. And then at one point, uh, one, I forget who, whether it's Zeus or McLean, is on the phone with him. And he basically says, go fuck yourself. So Simon immediately hangs up. They yeah, call him temperamental. back. They, yeah, they call him back. And he goes, that was unpleasant. Don't let it happen again. And I was just like, oh, this Dude, guy. <laughs> so his first three riddles don't have answers to them. They're just like, they're not even riddles. They're just like poems, pretty mm-hmm. much, right? Mm-hmm. Because, all right, his next one is, I had two pigeons, bright and gay, fight for me the other day. What was it? They did go. You cannot tell. You did not know. Just imagine a rainbow pigeon. And then he's, and then the guy's like, "Oh, you talking about McLean? <laughs> Word? <laughs> like, what is the answer to that? Well, or is that one of the just poems? He's just talking about. This is like the first three. So that one, the simple Simon, right. that one, and then birds of a feather flock together. So do pigs and swine. Rats and mice have their chances. I will have mine. So those three aren't really like normal. Riddles and no one answered those, and they just kind of hang around. They were just setting the tone. Yeah, for some good riddles, and then the and then they really don't start happening until what the one we showed you, which is John McClane and Zeus in near payphone, and then the one we just played you with uh, seven. uh, I met a man. As I was going to say, knives. I met a man with seven wives. Every wife has seven sacks. Every sack has seven cats. Every cat has seven kittens. Kittens, cats, sacks, wives. How many were going to say knives? So that's the best riddle. And that's when you find out that that Zeus, aka Samuel Jackson, is, is incredibly savant. good at math. Yeah, he's a savant. It's got to be the horn rim glasses, right? If I mean, I'm it, sitting there in the movie theater in 1995, I'm watching this movie and I'm thinking. This dude is smart. <laughs> yeah. No. What, what do you mean if you're sitting there in 1995? I was watching this the other day and it was like, how did he do that? Well, no. If, if, if it was now, you would just get, whip out yeah, your but, iPhone. But and he didn't like, whip out his iPhone. You he, could literally be like, Siri, as I was going to say that, I've been a man with seven wives. <laughs> and Siri would be like, Seriously? you're talking to Simon, aren't you? <laughs> in the movie theater in 1995 like the big difference between now and 2000 oh there's a huge difference mental math wise think about it think about it like we got crutch now we got our smartphones yeah we got our smartphones it's like a calculator mm. in our pocket like they they actually jog places in this movie in New York like could you imagine that now you're just like oh where do you want me to go to some station alright Uber Take me to the station. You'll well, they there. still use tax. Well, actually, they just robbed a lot of. No, he was like, you have to go there by civilian means only, so they can't take cop cars. So they literally jog. I said taxis from the bomb site. I, I said taxis. <laughs> Didn't I just say taxis? No, they oh, jog from the bomb site. No, well, that was the that was the second trip they had to make. Yeah, they make one. Ver- ver- All right, so so after one of the riddles, they have to get somewhere by taxi. There's a they steal a taxi. Yeah. And then there's just just massive like car chase scene where they're not getting chased. Yeah. It's they're just racing against the clock. They're and they, killing people in that. Let's just say like in they real life. They smash through like rows of bicycles, motorcycles. They hit cars. They go through all the red lights. They cause a lot of accidents. And they also just whip through Central Park, which you cannot drive through. So you have was, to really know New York to know this movie. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean. Uh, you can kind of you can because they're like oh 130th and 4th and I'm like alright word oh where is that that's in Harlem alright word good to know I love the dynamic in movies where people can just rob a car and just be like yeah. oh policeman police business because in real life you'd be like ah oh, what <laughs> say that again <laughs> say that again whip out your phone you're recording everything yeah. he does because what's the difference what's like what's stopping just like a normal person from just like I need that car please what, what because because well they always show hold up a badge you could buy a fucking badge I party. $4 on Amazon. Yeah, but the difference is, like, eventually that guy gets caught, 
and he doesn't have an excuse. Like, eventually John McClane gets caught, and he is a real cop. I would just do it once. Yeah. I only need one car. So there is nothing stopping you. So let me know how it goes. Next time you come back in the podcast. <laughs> uh, Jacob's no longer going to be with us on the Bad Guys podcast. He turned out to be an actual bad guy. <laughs> Uh, he's in jail. Zero Hans, yeah. Zero Hans Gruber's. <laughs> so, so actually, I gotta. If we're talking about Simon Gruber, the villain, I gotta give props to him. Be- very few props I'm gonna give to him. Well, actually, a lot of props because I-, I liked his overall plan. But him fucking with with John McClane and Zeus and telling him that there was a bomb in there and that they failed. So they just like dove out of the way and they were like, oh, everyone get away. It's a bomb. Everyone get away. And they dove out of the way and everyone was just like looking at them like they're weirdos. Yeah. That was hilarious. Yeah, he was just toying with them for I most like, of the movie. Honestly, toying bad guys that toy with their good guys, perfect. Keep doing that. Like that's a that's a positive trait. It just, when it goes too far, like when you're trying to like finish up... Yeah, and then you're still toying with them. The breaking point. You need to you need to relax. So I think it comes down to like you gotta yeah fuck with their minds right keep yeah. that going you know use your use your swaggy villain elements yep. to fuck with your prey. Yeah. But then when it gets to the point where you need to execute, you yep. can't be fucking around at that point with riddles anymore. Yep. You gotta just get the gold. Yep. Go for gold. So the, actually, so the riddles I found the I thought the riddles get better as they go along. For sure. They make more sense. Sure. So the next riddle after that was, what has four legs and is always ready to travel? And the answer to that is, of course, an elephant. I said, of course. I didn't know what the fuck. Yeah, so I didn't get that one either. Why is that an elephant? Yeah. Well, he has a trunk. Oh, it's a play on words. I got it. That's what a riddle is, actually. So you just defined a riddle. <laughs> <laughs> so props to all the listeners. Now they know what a all riddle right, is. All right, well, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't like riddles that have a best answer. I like riddles that have one answer. Because you could have been like... So you like math riddles. No, you does, camel does a camel have horse. a trunk to travel in? To travel with? No, but you don't necessarily know that it's going to be... And you also don't specific. necessarily need a trunk to travel. Well, you need a suitcase. But not a trunk. No, suitcase and trunk. No, you hey, don't need a suitcase to travel. I travel right, without we're, a suitcase. We're diving too deep. I'm just saying. Bert has a point. All it's right. a kid's riddle. Let this me ask, one. Can I ask a question about Simon Group? All right. Word. Does he have any prior successes to so, this movie? Like when they find out who's So his background is. is. This is actually hilarious. This is, the, this is the funniest part about the entire movie, and it's unintentional. So when Simon Gruber bombs a tea station uh, a subway station in Wall Street right they get there too late bomb goes off and then the FBI shows up and they take John McClane and Zeus and a couple of the cops and it's a couple of FBI agents and then some weirdo from another agency and they explain the situation to them right so they're like oh they uh, automatically have way more information than the cops who are working the case yeah, for whatever reason yeah, but for some reason they don't take lead they're yeah. just like, oh, you guys do it. But, so they're like, they're like, uh, Simon Gruber is an ex-Eastern European infiltrator that ran like a Battle of the Bulge type unit that all spoke English. I think that was quote, like Battle of the Bulge type unit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they all, they were like Eastern European Germans, Eastern, East Germany, and he was a colonel. And he ran a unit that literally all spoke English. Germans that all spoke English. And they could infiltrate anywhere. That was their specialty. Was he saying he was in the Battle of the Bulge? No. No. He was just referencing the Battle of the Bulge to compare his unit to another unit in history. Okay. Got it. And then... Which is a very specific way (laughs) to identify a a, a villain's past. But everyone got it. Everyone got it off the bat. So on top of showing pictures of the main villains to everyone in in the van, right? Simon then calls them in the van and on the van them. phone. He not only he has the van phone. Yeah, he has the van phone and he knows who who the villains are in who the FBI agents are that are talking to John McClane. Yeah. Right? And then gives them instructions, right? And then after all that First off, no one looks outside this entire time. Like, no one's like, oh, they know we're here. Let's look at all the roofs to see if someone's looking at us. No one does that because, of course, Simon's on the fucking roof yeah. <laughs> looking at him, right? And then this is, this is the funniest part. So one of the cops in there 
His name's Ricky Walsh. He's a cop. He's John McClane's like friend. Um, is in the van with them. Sees all the pictures. Hears his voice. Literally 15 minutes after that conversation, the main villains roll up to the site in 14 big dump trucks, which, as I mentioned earlier, came up earlier in the story. Ricky Walsh is actually the cop that mentioned it in the first place. Came up with 14 big dump trucks with the villains clearly in front of them. Simon Gruber walks up to Ricky and goes, yeah, we're with the engineering City engineering, we're here to fix the hole. And they're like, he's like, oh, you guys got here real quick. He's only disguised as a pair of sunglasses. <laughs> and, and keep in mind, and now this is 45 minutes into the movie. This is the first time we're seeing Simon Gruber yeah. as the audience. So what did you think when you saw him? Was he what you were expecting? No, I just, I just literally, my first thought was, how does he not know who he is? He was just showing a picture of him. And he just heard his voice on the phone. What is going on in this movie? And... And then, not only that, but Ricky dies because he leads him into the basement with all the bad guys. And I was just thinking, all right, he might have deserved that shit. Because yeah. if you were a cop, you would have noticed You would noticed that shit. Yeah, Ricky wasn't making detective paintings. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he, 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 well, he, was he was in some agency. He was like an agent of some form. But anyway, I don't know. I don't know what Ricky's deal was. Um... So at this point, they're also having very interesting interaction with the media. I thought I found it that pretty was hilarious. Amusing. Yeah, the media is like, cause all right. So Simon, they're in the van. Simon calls them and says, "You gotta get, you gotta find this bomb that's in a school, or else it's gonna blow up the school." Simon's and, trying to create a panic. Right. He's gonna. Yeah. He's, he's creating a distraction so he can rob the Federal Reserve. That's his main plan. That's the that's the master plan. Right. So he 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 basically. Sets the distraction while they're in the van. They leave. As Burry just mentioned, the dump trucks show up immediately after that. Like, like the cops leave yeah. through one street, and the dump trucks apparently are just waiting somewhere in Manhattan to just roll up on the other side. And and uh, Ricky, uh, Ricky the genius, lets them right into the Federal Reserve, brings them right in. At this point, um, the 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 cops are all dipping. They're all like trying going to find this bomb. The media shows up. And one cop is left. And they uh, go, oh, where, did, where, where did everybody go? And he goes, oh, we sent them all back to punch out. You know, we don't want to get overtime. And then uh, they're just like, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, all right. Word. And then the media disappears. Yeah, media doesn't show up for the rest of the movie. They're gone. The media's gone. They're done covering that the That reporter is the shittiest reporter in reporter history. Yeah. Because she was there, didn't wait the 20 minutes it took for 14 dump trucks and a hundred Germans to pour out of these dump trucks with the tank and a mole drill. Yeah. And just go yeah, to a work. mole drill of the form I have never once seen a machine like that ever in my life. These just go just go to town. They drive it underneath the Federal Reserve somehow. How do they get under there? And let's just you want to talk about so they robbed the Federal Reserve. $100 billion. It supposedly has more gold than Fort, uh, Knox. Fort Knox in Kentucky. So apparently in real life, if you wanted to rob the Federal Reserve and you wanted to steal $100 billion worth of gold, you would have needed like 100 plus dump trucks. Apparently. Huh. But. How many do they have, you think? Would you get? They had 14 or 13 or whatever. Yeah. Oh, right, right. Because they mentioned that. Yeah, it's um, heavy. I'm a Crime Town fan, and one of the stories where they're stealing a bunch of jewels and stuff from a mob boss bank, the yeah. whole car can't move because right. it's weighed down. Yeah. The suspension just breaks underneath all Crime the Town's a great podcast. Yes, sure. Yeah, we're, we're actually legally not obligated to mention other podcasts on this podcast. No, but it's still pretty it's cool. relevant. All right, so I just, let's, let's point out the timing of the timing because I... I always have a problem with timing in some movies because sometimes the timing makes no sense. So let's just walk through the schedule of the of the actiony part of the movie. So when Simon Gruber sees the cops leave the Wall Street station and calls him, he tells John McClane he has three minutes, three hours and fifteen minutes to to crack the code for the bomb that's in a random school in New York City. So the cops scatter. John McClane runs two miles with Zeus up to a park, solves a water jug riddle, and comes... Which I, I didn't understand how they solved that. I don't know if I'm just dumb at... No, math. you're dumb, because there's two ways to solve that, and I solve that. Well, you're, you're smarter than I am. 
I guess. Good for you. All right, how do they solve it? Let me give it to Jacob, impartial guy. All right, so you have a three-gallon jug and you have a five-gallon jug. You have a pool of water. You can fill it up as many times as you want. You want exactly four gallons in the five-gallon jug. How would you figure that out? You got it? Can you figure it out? So they did it a different way, but I figured it out a different way, and I apparently there's actually two ways to do it. So one way is you fill up the the three-gallon jug, put it in the five-gallon jug, so you have three gallons in there. Yeah. Then... You fill up the three-gallon jug again, fill up the five-gallon jug again, so you have one gallon left in the three-gallon jug. Then you empty out the five-gallon, then you pour the one-gallon in to the five-gallon jug, oh. then you pour the three-gallon in to the five-gallon jug. I thought you need to end up with the four gallons right. in the five-gallon jug. That's how you solved it? So that's, that's how you- I did it. They did it a different way where, ah, let me see if I can remember. I can't. I don't know. It's how not. They, did. they didn't do it the same way you just said. No, it? they didn't. They did I like it. that way. Though. That makes sense. They so I just did it where you keep on filling the five gallon jug up until you get it right. Yeah. But they did it where you so you have to use subtraction a little bit, and you subtract it out that's of. That's some five problem gallon. solving skills. That's all right. So that's another thing I liked about the riddles. They were all like, it was, it was like an SAT test where it's life or death. Yeah. Like you're 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 sweating taking the SAT test no matter what. Yep. But this is like if you fail, you're you're dead, and the rest of the people around you are dead. Yep. And I I thought that was a great uh, it added to the movie. Yeah. No. Definitely. It added to the movie. Yeah. Definitely. That's why I this is definitely the funnest die hard. Yeah. So let's go back to the timing. Because I worked on this chart all, all goddamn night. All right. All right. So I'm going to let you rant a little bit. Three hours and 15 minutes are given. John, in that time, runs up two miles to the park, solves the jug riddle, right? And then, <laughs> and then of course, there's some kid walking by, and he has this aha moment when the kid says, you could rob City Hall <laughs> in the most New York accent ever, right? And then he's like, oh, wow. And then he figures it out in that instant, which such a leap of faith because if you knew they were robbing banks you would you just immediately go to the federal reserve i mean it is the biggest one there's like five banks in that area i don't know that's an unanswerable question but so 30 minutes later they decide to run back down to two miles back down to the wall street bank right so in they get another call about 45 minutes later, when John calls them from the Wall Street site where the bomb went off, right? And then he's talking to Simon, who's already on the road. He's gone. And the space between that is about 45 minutes, give or take a couple minutes, for the jog and the solving the riddle and everything. So let's just talk about what they did in 45 minutes. They... Entered in 14 dump trucks. They drilled a hole from the subway station into the Federal Reserve. They loaded every dump truck, made the hole big enough for dump trucks to go into, loaded every dump truck, and then pulled out in 45 minutes. Tell me that's not the greatest construction crew of all time. Also, I I didn't understand when the girl shows up. His girlfriend, the yeah. o- the only other scene she has, and she just starts jackhammering sideways into the wall. Yeah. Before they before they bring in the no protective machine. equipment. That's what I was but getting. You know mad how about. strong you would have to be to hold a jackhammer sideways. Have you ever have you ever used a jackhammer? I have never. Very heavy. They're very heavy. It, I looked heavy. If you hold one sideways, you know how strong you'd have to be to actually create pressure against the wall with that? Besides, why? Why is she doing that? It's just a scene for her to just show up and hold the jackhammer sideways because they have a mole machine behind her. Was <laughs> Probably. Okay. Second of all, where do villains keep 14 dump trucks? Yeah. Do they, they have a City? yard? In New York City. In New York City. Where, where are they keeping these dump trucks? In- so accessible to this place. So... Here's the, here's the exact timing. 11.45, dumb trucks roll in. 11.15, John solves elephant riddle. I mean, 12.15. 12.30, everyone's done loading dump trucks, and John figures out that it's the bank, right? Now, at 3 o'clock exactly, the, bomb, the, the ship blows up. We know that because that was the original timetable for the bomb in the school, Right? So let's say they swam and they got re- they they got rescued, right? 
And then they got the they got the EMTs and everything. So give that like an hour. So at four o'clock, they're like rescued on the on the side, and they're talking to all the other cops that are on the other side. Of this me. is after the this is the after bomb. The, the bomb. after the shit. Right. Right. Now it's four o'clock in the evening. When they get picked up. So I looked this up. You're skipping over the part for the audience where the bomb like was never in the school because that's one of the genius was like. Uh, yeah, Simon that's Gruber. one of the twists. That's one. Of, it's a, the most genius part from Simon Gruber. The bomb was never in the school. The bomb was in a ship. He knew. Filled with scrap metal. And he knew. He knew. So let's just... My favorite part is when the guy uh, disarms the bomb and it starts squirting at him. And he goes, pancake syrup. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Who has ever referred to pancake... It's not pancake no. syrup. It's maple syrup. <laughs> maple syrup. <laughs> Who has ever referred to maple syrup or, or just syrup as pancake syrup? Nope. No one is ever in the New history. York thing? Nah, it's also, let's just talk about how big budget this was. They bought a, f- a freight shit. They bought it. No, they didn't rent that shit. You think they rented that? There's no way you rented that shit. And they blew it up? To blow it up. And then they bought all that scrap metal. Scrap metal's not cheap. They were blowing up airplanes <laughs> in the second movie. Yeah. But they weren't. that wasn't their airplane. You know, you know what I'm saying? That had to be their shit because they like had it ready and loaded and everything. Like it was a prior plan. So, so I did the math. And it's to... To drive to Montreal from New York City is about six hours and thirty minutes by car. All right, let's say you have fourteen dump trucks loaded with gold. You're not getting there in less than eight nine hours. So, for if you leave at four, you're getting to Montreal around what? What is that? Three o'clock in the morning? Four o'clock in the morning? Also, you were in the zone when you did Why did no one follow the dump trucks? Yeah. How did 14 dump trucks leave unnoticed? They never mentioned how they got to Montreal. Ever. Yeah. They just show up there. How do you cross the border with 14 dump trucks full of gold? It's porous. It's a porous yeah, border. Yeah, I don't know about that. Simon uh I don't know. So Simon Simon is an A1 villain until the last 30 set, 30 minutes. Right. Which happens to a lot of villains. Right. Which is why he doesn't get the first the full 5 out of 5 cuz he has almost everything there. Um he has a good stick. Great stick. Yeah. It's uh Simon says. Yeah. Boom, has the riddles, has the charisma to really carry the role. Of a lead villain for John McClane. Who's the Riddles also, as you mentioned, they just keep getting better and better. They, his, yeah, they, they grow. They get better the and better. Yeah. The main flaws in his master plan. His master plan was basically to rob the Federal Reserve, right? Steal the money, put it on a ship, convince everyone that he was stealing it on a ship, and then blow up the ship, and then get away with the gold because he it never was on the ship in the first place. That's his master plan. That's brilliant. Right. So, but in the end, his ego gets him. Yeah, so there are a couple flaws in the master plan. Flaw number one is, why tell John McClane about the riddle and about the bomb in the station if you made it possible for him to get there and stop it? And that you needed the bomb to go off. Why not just blow up the station to begin with? Why make it so that John McClane can save it? I think you want John McClane to blow up in it. Because he was trying to do two two birds with one stone. This whole movie, he wanted revenge for his brother and the money. But he makes a, a shit ton more riddles for John McClane to solve after that. Like they even say in the movie, like they were never supposed to get there in time. Like it was impossible. But I think I think Bert's right. Half half of it really isn't about the money. Like he wants the money, but even in the in the middle of the movie, he's like, it's not about the money. He gets all pissed when they say, "You want money? What do you want?" And then. It really is, like, half of it is just to fuck with John McClane. Yeah. Not even kill him, just to fuck so, with him. another villain trope that shows up is all his henchmen really suck. Oh, yeah, big time. They really suck. They're all supposed to be, like, special forces, ex-East German. They really are bad at being American. They say, like, the one that gave it away was, like, it rains dogs and cats. Yeah. Come on, man. Let's take the lift. <laughs> are you serious? You're trying to be American, you're saying lift and dogs and cats? Gave it away immediately. So, but as far as flaws in the plan, it's not that many. That was an airtight plan. 
That was pretty good. Well, no. I mean, why did he give him the aspirin at the end? Well, he thought he was going to die. Yeah. That was a big that, that's bomb the thing. he That's the ego thing again. Yeah. Like, you just think he's going to die. You should have so. just brain them. But that was that was pretty clever of McLean, though, to figure out that he was where he was just based on the aspirin cap. Yeah. Did you that's catch true. that? So the aspirin cap had the location of where you bought where he bought the aspirin. Got it. And that's how they found him in the end. All right, so we're going to... Also, the whole point of him getting the gold was like, we have an army, so now let's buy a country. If you're going to steal from the United States Federal Reserve, you should probably... Like, lay low. Lay low for a little bit. No you're not buying, buying a country. It's like That's like the kid who stole a bunch of money from your boy in high school. And then, and then the next day, he's got a fucking... iPod. Oh, touch. Yeah, he's got a new phone. And you're like, hmm, that kid had zero dollars. He was <laughs> hitting me up for money last week. How did he get that phone? <laughs> My favorite logic that they did in the movie was when they hijacked that dumb truck and they're like, they're quarters here. They're going to the toll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right, yeah. I don't know about Ten that. quarters. It's 1995. I, New York City, they're going to need wads of 20s. Ten quarters. Ten quarters. Ten quarters. In a dump truck, I pay more than ten quarters in my car. In a dump truck, you definitely need like like at least like five, six dollars. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. There's minus no points, shots. Minus a Hans for not getting an easy pass. <laughs> yeah. Did they have easy pass in nineteen ninety five? Probably not. Oh actually you don't probably want easy pass the criminal conspiracy. Yeah, it's paper show. <laughs> nah, just make your parents pay for it. <laughs> You're the, the Mr. and Mrs. Gruber is paid for these easy passes. Um so we're gonna play guess the body count. Alright? Alright. So I'm gonna give you the events that happened. That kill people? And then we're going to guess about how much the body count actually was. Right? The higher, the better for the villain. Because you're supposed to be villainous. Yeah. All right? It's the number one evil thing you can do. So the first thing that happens is there's a department store bomb that goes off. In the early morning. Right? So, like, there's usually not there's not that many people in, in a department store in the early morning. So I estimated, like, 10 to 20 But people. on the streets of New York, though. That's, that's employees. 10, 10 to 20. It's got to be more than that. Plus no, I'm, I'm thinking death toll 10 to 20. I was going to guess around 15, 20. Because oh, not everyone dies. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of injuries, but I'm guessing death toll 15. I'm going with the 15. So you're thinking 15. I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to dispute that. So you're thinking yeah. 15. All right, so the next thing that happens is there's a train bombing in Wall Street, right? But the EMT actually goes up to the cops and says, there's no deaths in that train bombing. So not a lot of deaths there. Everyone has bumps and scrapes. How does a bomb not kill anyone? Yeah, no idea. The train literally derails. That 1995 bomb. Right? 2017 bomb, there's there's more deaths. All right, so the next one is the bank employees. So in the bank, those guys just straight up take everyone out. But they gas them with some, like, knockout shit. A couple of them. Some of them actually die, yeah. but they gas most of them. And it's about seven to ten guys. Is it that many? Well, I don't remember upstairs, that many going down. There's upstairs and then downstairs, too. And they do a couple like quick shots where they go... And yeah. they shoot like, two people. But most down. of them got gassed. Yeah. Like, only a couple of them died. Right. So, that's about, what, you would say, like, seven to... Seven to ten is about good. I was gonna give it like five to seven. Five to seven. I'm going low numbers here. Five. Five. Oh go! If you say seven to ten, I'm saying five to seven. Let's give it the seven. Seven. Keep it it the seven. So we're at six. We're at twenty. We're at twenty-two. We're at twenty-two right now. Is this death toll? Right. And then the cargo ship blows up. There are definitely some poor guys in that cargo ship still that don't know the deal. At least two. Like there's some crew members there. Yeah. Like, you can't run a cargo ship with just henchmen. Yeah, but th- those car like, S- S- McLean and and uh, Zeus didn't die, so are those guys dying? Well, they didn't know there was a bomb. Right. How would you know there's a bomb unless you go to, the, like, the... And McLean and Zeus were underwater before the bomb went off, right? Yeah. Right. All right. So what? We're giving... Well, let's give that three. So we'll round it off to a nice even 25. So his death... Is that... 25. His death count is only at 25? So that's why it's abnormally low for for a good villain. And here's the other problem. It's 26. You can't forget the idiot cop guy. Yeah, Ricky. Oh, Ricky. All right, Ricky. 26. So good it's look. a 26. So, but so here's the thing. Here's the main problem with his body count is, does John McClane actually kill more people than him? 
Yo, John McClane dies more times in the series. Have you guys seen the YouTube video where they where they, they talk about like every time he breaks tally, a bone? No, they tally how many times a person would actually die in the five movies. And it's 54 or like 56. It might even be higher than that. Yeah. It's like crazy. Man. Like Insane. Like explicitly died. Not like he could have died there. Not like if a person did those things, there's 50% chance. Like if a person did those things... He gone down. Like when you 26 jump, is almost a disappointingly low body that's, count that's what for put, a villain who put in so much effort to this plan. That's his one negative thing. So, But maybe that's how he managed to not pick up too much attention. Maybe. So in the movie, he says his main quote is, I'm a soldier, not a monster. So that's why he defends not blowing up an actual school. Okay. So... But and we know he's a soldier because the entire time he's wearing a official military grade purple sleeveless crop top. Doesn't change the entire movie. <laughs> Doesn't change the entire that must be sweaty. Cause so I just did the Stolen timeline valor. for you. Stolen I, valor. I just did I just did the entire timeline for you. He Super villain exposed. I don't know if this is what veteran. I don't know if this is what Americans thought Germans like just did. But he doesn't change the entire movie. Where's a purple? Probably the ugliest tank top you could probably wear. Yeah. Doesn't it's tight. change. It's too tight. I mean, the other German chick clearly likes it. But it's very 90s. It's definitely a 90s look. So they do some other German stuff. Yeah. He eats a boiled egg on the ship, just salts it a little bit, and then just eats a boiled egg. There's no shells anywhere. <laughs> it just looks like he like saved it for later. Just he was getting away with the plan, and he was like, "No, I need some protein right now." His other, his other, his other bad traits. He gets really annoyed when someone interrupts his speeches. Oh, real annoyed. Yeah. Uh, so he says. So he's like, "Yesterday we were an army without a country. Tomorrow we have to decide which country we want to buy." Right. Yeah, and everyone's like, "Wow, that mother German's like, ah, they're, yeah. they're drinking like Ace of Spades champagne." Yeah, they're pumped. They're pumped. And there's one dude up in the back, up up somewhere, goes for the fallen comrades, and this dude comes back with the death stare. Yeah, he's like, "What are you doing?" It's stink eye times ten. It's oh bad. My it's hot. And who gets that mad about? Yeah, some of your bros died. Yeah, you gotta pour one out for the fallen bros. You can't just be giving he... guys looks like that. He's got a monologuing problem because you know he puts a lot of effort and, and, and thought into these speeches. Yeah, villains villains always act like they're mad too cool for this, but they definitely like stay these up aren't, the light. These aren't on the spot like monologues he's coming up with. These are he was burning the midnight oil. Staying up at night in bed, just like All right, he was burning the so midnight Simon oil. Simon the Pyman, Simon the Pyman, Simon <laughs> the Pyman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. So, so we're getting to the end. We're getting, yeah, we're we're getting, we're getting to the end of the movie. There. We're getting to the end of the movie. You just mentioned they're riled up. They think they won. And then John Simon, Simon is in is in bed with his girl. We already talked about her only noise that she makes is uh, nonverbal. Yep, hundred percent nonverbal. So <laughs> Simon's mounted on top, as every good villain Wait, first should of, be. Can we just say how they start sex with her? Literally, like, attacking him. Right. No. Well, I up. mean, can you... Uh, it's expected. She's a feral beast. Yeah, she, <laughs> she's a wild animal. She's a wild animal. She's every German man's wet dream. Yes. For sure. We can say that. Yeah. So, they're getting they're getting into it. Right by a window. Right by a window. Crime location. Classic warehouse window, too, where there's just enough grime right. for you to know it's a warehouse off the bat. Yes. Like, you know, a like classic, like, 90s, 80s warehouse with the weird, like, six-inch windows yeah. across with the grime just on it? Yeah. Grimy window. Grimy window. So, out of nowhere, we hear John McClane. Yelling through a megaphone. Megaphone, which... What kind of megaphone you using that is amplified over the sound of a helicopter? helicopter. Like you can no hear chance. a helicopter miles away. Yep. Like you're in your back. Like I live in the suburbs. I'm in the backyard. When there's a helicopter coming by, we all go outside. We, all know. <laughs> we, we hear it. Like, oh, it's coming! It's coming! It's coming! Wicked far away. We're look, we're trying to check it out. What kind of megaphone you got that's amplified over that? Chop 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 chop. But chop, they chop, they hear him clearly. Clearly. And. And let's just say 
Simon has a getaway vehicle. He could have just flown away. Right? He says, no, we're not going to escape. I have something personal. His to girlfriend gives up instantly. She's she, no no fight fight back from her. She, no 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 no. She just is like, all right, let's just give away our position. Pulls out a handgun and just like laying down over her head, just starts firing it through the window at nothing. Like what are the percentage chances? Who is any she gonna hit? hit? She's just shouting and firing, wasting the ammo. What's going on? No, no nothing accomplished. Simon. Simon just goes full on like. It was like the screenplay was like, you know what, now he has to become, like, the stupid villain. You know the stupid villain at the end. That just is solely... Like, he has $100 billion. You could literally just dip and then hit John McClane back later. But he's, like, on full on, like, this dude, like... I think it might have been, like, he interrupted the sex. That might have been... That might have been had part to do with it. Like, if you interrupt a villain having sex, you might die. Right? Right. You just stop the plan right there. He he could have gone to Nova Scotia, decides to go chase John McClane down. Yeah, well he hops in a helicopter with the machine gun. You should never you should never fly a helicopter indoors. It's my opinion. That's, I don't know what they're doing. Are you have you been in a helicopter? I've never been in a helicopter. Do you? I don't know much about helicopters, but it. I, I know you know, shouldn't fly them indoors. I feel like you shouldn't fly them indoors, and he just gets in his in the warehouse and takes off. And also, there the end of the movie. Let's just talk about how John McClane is in front of him for about 30 seconds and he never shoots his gun once. They just stare at each other and then John McClane like looks around to see what to hit him with, finds an electric cable, shoots it. Instead of shooting him, he looks at what John McClane's pointing at, sees that and then tells her to move and then starts shooting him. Yeah. John McClane should have been dead. John McClane was standing in front of a machine gun McLean's got his number the whole time. Yeah. I mean, even when they were back on the boat and he's got McLean chained up and he's it, it, it seems very obvious that, that Simon's about to win. He's gone through all this effort. He's got him exactly where he wants him to be. The ship's about to blow. He's ready to escape. John McLean goes, hey, fuckhead. <laughs> it's a classic John McLean line. Classic John McLean. Simon... You won't find him in church. church. Right, you won't find you won't find McLean in church. But Simon, after going through all of this, still stops and turns around to see what he wants. <laughs> after yep. hey fuck it. <laughs> so so I didn't know this beforehand. And Jacob here didn't know this at all. Still doesn't know this. So we're gonna explain it to him as uh for the first time and probably most of you because a lot of people don't even unless you guys are really into 90s movies and you guys listen to and watch all the alternate endings for most 90s movies but there's an alternate ending to this movie so in the original ending in that situation John McCain follows him up to Montreal then brings the entire might of the Canadian PD down on him and they bust him and then John McClane has a one-on-one fight with the helicopter and wins, and then the helicopter blows up. Wins via power line. (laughs) Yep, and the helicopter blows up. Yeah. All right, so in the alternate ending, he gets away with it, actually. He's back in Germany, sipping his coffee in some hotel room. John McClane comes up to him in a peacoat, sits in his chair, and then they start a conversation. Apparently, John McClane got fired. Because they thought he had something to do with the, the bank robbery. Yeah. And then they John McClane apparently kills like his his two guards and two other people, and then makes Simon Gruber play riddles with him. They're gonna play McClane says is his fucking tagline. Then he gives him like three riddles in a row. Boom, boom, boom. But while he's giving him the riddles, he puts, and now this is the ridiculous part, a Chinese rocket launcher on the table, removes all the arrow signs, and then says, you can keep rotating it, but you're not going to know like which way the rocket's going to shoot out of because I removed all the arrow signs. So when whenever you want to stop, you have to pick the direction, and then... We're gonna hit that button when you get a riddle wrong. All right, so you get in the situation. Yeah, I'm feeling it. I just don't. Won't that kill both of them? No matter what. 
So, a couple of problems with this. Well, give them the this. last riddle. So, the last riddles is like a good guy and a bad guy walk into a bar. Something to this effect. I don't know if you have a word for it. Yeah. And then the bad guy, the good guy brings not something and the bad guy brings brandy. But the One bad guy dies. One of them brings a bomb, but like the bad guy's gonna die. What did the good guy? What did the bad guy forget? And then he's like, oh, like he says something like poison in the the antidote for the poison or some something like that. And he's like wrong. And then he makes him press the button, and he blows up. Which it could have easily been McLean that blows up. Easily, McLean gets up and says, no, it's a flak jacket. So I have to ask you. Would a flag jacket protect you from a missile launcher that is a foot in front of you laying on the table? Okay. A flag jacket wouldn't protect you if it was firing the other way. (laughs) 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 Like, we're talking, these guys are sitting at a coffee table. They're at a, like, picture this podcast, the table we're on right now. Yeah, it's as far as me. And then there's a Chinese missile launcher. And we're just rotating it around and then being like, when you get this riddle wrong, you have to press the button while we're rotating it around. So, like, I don't know if it's going to hit me or you because we're across the table from each other. Okay. So, the impact would kill whoever it hits. Fuck it, whether you're wearing a flak jacket or not. Yep. But then most rocket launchers... Are frag grenades like RPGs and shit like that? Stuff yep. you see in like Iraqi war movies, yeah. or like Chinese, or like even Vietnam movies. Yep. So when that missile goes off, the first thing that could kill you is the impact. The second thing that could kill you is like the, de- the, the, the detonation waves. Yeah, like the internal bleeding just blows your fucking. Because just a rocket going through you without exploding would kill you. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then on top of that, it blows bomb. up because it's a bomb too. And then on top of that, the shrapnel itself. The shrapnel would. You think Bruce Willis doesn't flap flinch. Jacket on your face. <laughs> well, Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis got a hard face. Does not flinch. Does not flinch. Does not flinch the entire thing. Like I don't think he thought this through. No. That's not a good plan. That's a flat out not good plan. But here's the thing. <clears throat> Terrible plan. Bruce Willis's part. We can all agree on that. What the fuck is Simon doing just sitting there during that? Like, why is he answering the riddles? It's in his home court. Why is he not just getting first, up? First off, I'm Simon, sure... Simon's got a hard on for Bruce. I'm sure... I'm sure... That's what I'm thinking. I'm sure that as bad as the Chinese are made out to be, that they would not design a rocket launcher that you could not discern the direction that the rocket's going to shoot out of. Like... Without common sense. Bruce is just there late at night scratching off the <laughs> He was like, yeah, I removed all the stickers and all the signs. A word? They don't put stickers, they don't put stickers on a rocket launcher. That's <laughs> and There was no trigger. <laughs> yeah, it's a button. It was a button. <laughs> I, I don't know. Why Chinese? Why did you have to mention it was oh Chinese? God, do you think that was the original ending? Yeah, it and was. They it was. like the board of directors and the producers. Yeah, and they said it was too dark. There's like, oh my God. And the board of directors and like the producers were from China. You gotta change it. You gotta change it. They literally were like, they're probably like, oh, goddamn. <laughs> goddamn. How much does the scene cost? They were like, oh, goddamn. They were like, what's your backup? Oh, well, he shoots a power line that lands on the helicopter. Oh, oh. fuck. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> yeah, neither one of the endings was logical. Ideal. So let's review the villain and then we're gonna give him a straight up we'll rating. Give him the rating, yeah. Alright, so the villain's overall plan. I'd I'd give him a really good grade on that. Overall plan is very good for the scope of it. Oh, we rated every part of it out of the No, we just have a general feeling about every okay. So the overall plan I get I get a very good feeling. Because hundred billion dollars of gold and from Federal Reserve is a very good plan. And he gets away with that part. Yeah, so he gets a point for the plan. Right? His stick is very good, too. I still think everything pre-9-11 was easy. Well, it just couldn't have been that hard. Pre-9-11. You put, yeah. Oh, you mean the actual, like... Yeah, (laughs) if you try that shit in 2002, (laughs) yeah, Ricky would have been on alert. Ricky would have been like, yeah, listen, I just saw you in my van (laughs) probably about 20 minutes ago. So this is what we're going to do. Uh, I'm gonna put these handcuffs on you, and then that German dude that just rolled by. Uh, yeah, he's a no go too. He's a no go too. And where's that chick? Cause I know that chick's somewhere around here. 
Because that tag doesn't look official. If Rookie was just a normal, common sense cop and was just like, listen, you're a city engineer. All right, word. Show me a badge. Plan was pretty good. Plan was pretty good. I'll give him the point for the plan. Point for the plan. Point for the plan. Point for the swag. He definitely has that 90s German swag. Eats a raw... He doesn't eat a raw egg, but he eats a boiled egg. Classic German move. Minus for not changing. Minus for not changing. His outfit? Yeah. I give his outfit, like, minus points. Like, that takes away points yeah. from him. Yeah. He needed a better outfit. Yep. Yeah. See what this I remember we were watching it, and I go, he's still wearing that purple crop top, <laughs> and you go, not anymore, because at that exact moment, she ripped it off of him. So, so and then no go on the body count. Body count was startlingly yeah. low. Yeah. At around 25, McLean kills, because McLean kills everyone in the bank. Yep. He kills the truck drivers. He kills a few passerby in New York City. <laughs> kills a, at least a couple guys. He runs over a couple guys on the way down. Then he kills... He hurts some people in the ship. Hurts some people in the ship. Yeah. Then he kills the main vi- villains in Montreal. I feel like Hans Montreal. Gruber didn't have a big body count though in the first movie. And we're, we're rain out of Hans Gruber's. So that's why. That's his saving grace. You don't need a body count as long as you have a lot of threats. Well, I like his justification. Swag. I appreciate Hans Gruber had the swag. Uh, yeah. The, the, I'm, I'm a I'm a soldier, not a mo- animal. I like that. That's a good line. Can I make so, a can I make a suggestion? Make sure. a suggestion. I think we should also rate how they either die or get captured, or if they just get away with it. Some villains do get away with it. Yeah. So his death is not very good. Yeah, not good. Yeah. Especially on Hans Gruber. The way he gets caught, even at, from every moment, once they're on the boat, he's losing points in my book. Yeah, but here's the problem. He has such a strong lead. Because, just because of that plan. Uh, no, uh, great you know what? plan. Now that I'm thinking about it, as soon as the, the the actual character shows up to the audience, it starts going downhill. No, I think it's after the boat. Once the boat starts, I think yeah, I think the boat. Because don't like, forget, he does that sick shit with Samuel Jackson where he, he's eating the boiled egg in front of him, and he's like, "Oh, shoot me! I'm not gonna give you the thing." And then Samuel Jackson shoots him, and he's like, "No, you, you got to turn your safety off." We, we passed over how Samuel Jackson stole this whole movie. Like, he, he did great. Yeah, I mean, if this were a podcast on second leads, then... Samuel would, Jackson would steal it. Yeah, he would get... We would just be talking solely about If this about were a him. podcast on second leads, he would get a, a full five Johnny dramas. But... <laughs> <laughs> full five. Yeah, but this is a podcast on movie villains. But to tie it back to Simon Gruber, like, you can't... A villain should be either the number one or number two best part of a movie. True. Like, for me, it goes Samuel Jackson, Bruce Willis, Simon Gruber. Wait, that just talks about how good this movie is, because this movie is entertaining popcorn as as it gets, because... We're not legally obligated to talk about... Because, <laughs> yeah, we can't actually mention popcorn brands. <laughs> so, because... There are three huge characters that are amazing. Yeah. All right. Let me just let females get dogged in this movie. I will say that because oh, no, everyone there, there's is not a single good female role. Everyone is a stereotypical female. Even like the classic New York woman cop is like. Is she a cop or a secretary? I, it's never clear. All right. So here's the fucked up part. In the beginning of the movie, I thought she was a secretary because she's like, they're being rerouted everywhere in Norway, and I was like, all right, where are you working the phones? All right, where? So you're a secretary. They make her unfortunately annoying. Like it's <laughs> it's it's not a it's not an advancement for women in any way. And then she's at the school, and I'm like, all right, where? So she's a detective. Also, Ooh. at this point, McLean is divorced from his wife, and you find out the reason that they haven't talked in a year, which is like, it's brought up immediately that yep. they haven't talked at the very beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. and then you don't find out till the end that the reason they haven't talked in a year is just because they got in a fight over the phone, and McLean was like, nah, nah, I'm not calling her back. I'm all set. Oh, he's way all I'm set. a ghoster. I'm a ghoster. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm ghosting her. saved her life twice. Yeah. yeah you, 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 you give an inch, they take a mile, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You give an inch, they take a mile. All right, so, so let's give let's give the rating. Well, all right, I I I have to go with on three and a half Hans Gruber's out of five. Generous, two and a half. Two and a half. Two and a half Hans Gruber, and here's why. All right, he's here's why. His older brother. He's half of his older brother. You know I think you should be giving Hans Gruber stars and Simon Gruber half stuff. <laughs> 
right. Uh, Hans, Hans, so two and a half, three and a half. I, I'm going to have to agree with the three and a half. Here's why. I'm giving him the full two stars just for the riddles. Like yep. he gets two full we're, stars. We're discussing his stick and his master plan because those are the two main things. The the first a whole first half of the movie, this is one of the best villains I've ever seen in the movie. Yep. The problem is I haven't seen him yet. Once I see him, I start to lose him a little bit. Yep. And then it goes downhill, so his body count, it's, it's low, reduced. His plan gets foiled at the end because yep. he's an idiot, reduced. The way he dies is bad, reduced. Yep. I, I'm, giving him, I'm giving him the extra one and a half because the initial plan is good. He does steal a shit ton of gold. So a lot of money. A like lot the of balls money. you have to and, undertake. And, to and, and the fact that he, he's his ultimate goal is, you know, he wants revenge. It's dire with a vengeance. Yep. He wants revenge. But in the end, he also, he wants to buy a fucking country. It's kind of a baller. He dude. also fakes his stutter in this movie. Yeah, like that's a conscious choice yeah, by a villain. He's, he's got some mind skills. He's got some acting chops. He's got some mental... The, the psychologist who thinks he's got him wrapped up doesn't even know the half of he's it. He's like, the psychologist is like, oh, he's a neural narcosis and yeah. uh, psychological... Classic, blah, blah, blah. he's using a German accent. Classic, Little does he know he's actually German. Classic schizophrenia. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm giving him... I'm going to agree with Barry three and a half. Bert, you're sticking with two and a half? I'm sticking with two and a half. So we're, we're at three or two, three and a half. Actually, no, that rounds up for a little bit above three. So three and a half stars. 3.25 is. is the overall. So Let's three and a half stars. Yeah, we'll call it three and a half. Round it up. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, so he gets Simon Gruber officially gets three and a half Hans Gruber's out of five. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening. Be back next week. We've got some interesting stuff for you. All right. Thanks for being here, Jake. This has been the uh, the Bad Guys, uh, a movie villains podcast. Yep. Stay tuned for more interesting stuff coming soon. I hope you like the inaugural episode. Yep. As Burry likes to say. Inaugural uh, episode. Yeah. All right.